Om Namo Bhagavate Sri Chalaramanaya. Um, the fourth question I've been asked today is um, in verse 2 of Sri Aranacha Patikam, Bhagavan talks about total surrender, thy will be done. However, the more one surrenders, the more difficult it appears to be that final leap. Is total surrender possible at all? with the ego still intact in some form. <coughs> surrender ultimately is surrender of ego. So uh, without ego, surrender is impossible. I mean, surrender is unnecessary. So because what is ultimately to be surrendered is only ego. So it is only because of the existence of surrender, of, sorry, because of the existence of ourself as ego, because we've risen as ego, we need to surrender ourselves. Um, and so it's only when ego is intact that we can surrender ourselves. But the result of surrendering ourselves is the dissolution of ego. Um, what Bhagavan talks about in verse uh, 2 of Aranacha Patikam, what he says is in the, uh, actually, three or four, four sentences in this verse. The first sentence he says, Amburu Varunachala Aram Marohai Ahatu Unnei Ninaitu Naindu Uruhum Ambu Ilei Enaku Un Ambinei Arladu Andu Ene Aritida Arho. That means Aranachala, the form of love. That Aranachala is love itself. That is what it implies when he says Amburu Varanachala, Aranachala, the form of love. Uh, taking possession of me, or taking charge of me, that implies after taking charge of me, after taking charge of me as your own, um, does it befit you to uh, uh, ruin me by not granting your love? Your love here, un ambu means literally means your love. It implies love for you. Uh, so uh, not granting love for you to me, who do not have love, in which one melts, softening like wax in fire, thinking of you in one's heart. Um, that is, if we if we had real love for our natural we will be thinking of him and our heart will be melting with love. We, we are lacking such love, but Bhagavan has taken possession of us. He's taken charge of us. So is it befitting for him to leave us in this state that we're no longer fit for life in the world? We're also not fit for the spiritual life, life because we don't have true, uh, uh, sufficient love to turn within and merge in the source. So is it, is it, fit for him to keep us in this state uh, without giving us the true love that we need to merge in the heart. That is the implication of the first sentence. And the next sentence is Ambinil Vileum Imbame. That is, he addresses Arunachala as the happiness born of love, the happiness that, uh, that, is the, the, that ripens from love, or that is the the, the ripening of love. Amba ahatinil 
Urum a Amodei. He's again addressing Aranachala as the satiating or enduring ambrosia or nectar of immortality which wells up in the hearts of your devotees. Uh, Puhalida, what to say? And um, so that's a question. He addresses Aranachala and he asks a question. Then he said, this is the, uh, the part which is referred to in that question, Ninishtam enishtam. That means your will, uh, your ishtam. Ishtam means will, wish, desire or liking. So your ishtam is my ishtam. Your will is my will. Uh, imbu adu eku. That is happiness for me. Enwi irei, Lord of my soul. So he addresses our nature, the soul, Lord of my soul or Lord of my life. Um, uh, your wish is my wish. That is happiness for me. So this is the complete surrender. When we are willing to, to, that is, unless we are willing to give up our own will, all our own likes and dislikes and so on, we will never be willing to surrender ourselves. That is, in order to surrender ourselves, we first need to surrender our will. That means we need to, whatever may happen, it happens by His grace for our good. So everything that happens is His will. We, his will should be our will. That should be happiness for us. We should take happiness. Whatever difficulties we may undergo in life, it's all His will. It's all for our good. So we should, we should find happiness in that because it all, all is given by Him and He is the infinite ocean of, of love. Uh, so uh, whatever He does, whatever happens by His grace is only what is good for us. It cannot be what is bad for us. It may seem to us to be bad, but it's actually good. So we need to accept whatever happens as His will. So the surrender begins with surrendering our will, surrendering our likes and dislikes, desires, attachments, hopes, fears, surrendering all of those. Of course, we cannot surrender our will entirely so long as we rise as ego, because it's the very nature of that ego to have a will, to have the will to go outwards. So in order to um, so, uh, uh, surrender our will, ultimately we need to surrender the one whose will it is, namely ourself. We need to surrender ourself. That means surrender ego. And how to surrender ego? Only by turning within. As Bhagavan says in the 13th paragraph of Nana, uh, he defines what is self-surrender. He doesn't exactly express it as self-surrender there. He says uh, giving oneself to God. And what is giving oneself to God, he explains in the first sentence. Anma chintane tabira, except self-attentiveness. Vera chintane kalamadru satram idam kodamo. Not giving even the slightest room to the rising of any uh, thought other than self-attentiveness. In other words, being so keenly self-attentive, but we give no room to be any other thought. That's, the, that's an adverbial clause. That is explaining the next part, which is Atmanishta uh, Paranai Iripade. That means being as Atmanishta Paran. Atmanishta Paran means one who is firmly established as oneself. So being as one who is firmly established as oneself. How? By, by being so keenly self-attentive that we give no room to the rising of any other thoughts. That is... Uh, Tanne Isanaku Alipadam, that is giving oneself to God. So we can 
but, but surrender begins with our giving up our likes, dislikes and so on. But ultimately we need to surrender ourselves. And we can surrender ourselves only by being so keenly self-attentive that we give no room to the rising of any thought. Any thought, not even the first thought I, should rise. And how do we stop the first thought I rising? Only by vigilantly attending to ourselves. The more we attend to ourselves, the more ego, the first thought I, will subside and merge back into its source. That is why Bhagavan says, that is giving oneself to God. God here means our own source, the place from which we rose, our own real nature, that is God. So we can give ourselves to God only by clinging to self-attentiveness so firmly but we give no room to the rising of ego or any other thought whatsoever. Of course, no other thought can rise without ego, because ego is the first thought, the thought called I, as Bhagavan referred to it. So this is how we surrender ourselves. And that can come only by patient and persistent practice. The more we practice trying to hold on to I am, to our fundamental awareness, which is God or Bhagavan himself, it is Bhagavan who is shining in our heart, God who is shining in our heart as I am. So by clinging to that, to I am, we are thereby weakening the Vishayavasanas, the inclinations to go outwards, and we are strengthening the Satvasana, the inclination to hold on to our being, to go within and to merge back into the source from which we rose, which is Bhagavan, which is Aranatra, which is what is shining in our heart as I am. So it's by patient and persistent practice that we can surrender ourselves. So the answer to the question, um, uh, uh, is, is total surrender possible at all with ego uh, intact in some form? Self-surrender is not possible without ego, but if the self-surrender is complete, that is the end of ego. Because it's ego that we have to surrender. So we, we cannot surrender ego without ego. So we obviously need ego to surrender. Once we've surrendered it, it's finished. As Bhagavan says beautifully in um, verse 26 of Urudunapadu, Ahandayundayin anetamundahum. If ego comes into existence, everything comes into existence. Ahandayindrail indru anetam. If ego doesn't exist, everything doesn't exist. Everything here means all objects or phenomena, everything other than ourselves. Ego itself is everything. Therefore, know that investigating what this is, what this is means what ego is, is giving up everything. Why is it giving up everything? Because the nature of ego as he explained in the previous verse, is to rise, stand and flourish by clinging to form. That means to anything other than itself, to any vishayas. But to subside and dissolve back into its source by clinging to itself. As he said in the previous verse, Tedinal otum pidicum. If sought, it takes flight. Uh, if sought, it takes flight means if, we, if ego investigates itself to see who am I, it will subside and dissolve back into its source. So since ego will subside and cease to exist if we investigate it, and since everything else exists only so long as ego exists, if we investigate ego, ego will cease to exist and everything else will cease to exist along with it. Therefore, investigating who am I 
is giving up everything. This is complete surrender, in other words. So this is the path Bhagavan has taught us, turning within more and more. But so long as we have still have liking to go outwards, that liking we need to surrender. And we can surrender that liking to go outwards only to the extent to which we hold on to self-attentiveness. The more we hold on to self-attentiveness, the more the liking to go outwards, the Vishaya Vasana, um, will, will, the Vishaya Vasanas will get weakened more and more and more. And the love to, 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 to abide in our source, to be as we actually are, will increase. So this is the path that the Bhagavan has taught us. Bhagavan's path is not just the path of self-investigation, it's the path of self-investigation and self-surrender. Because we cannot surrender ourselves without investigating ourselves. And we cannot investigate ourselves without thereby surrendering ourselves. So self-investigation and self-surrender are one and the same thing. Of course, surrender begins, even before we uh, take the self-investigation, we can begin to surrender our likes and dislikes. But the surrender can be completed. Can be, can, we can surrender ego to whom all the likes and dislikes, uh, whose likes and dislikes they are, only by investigating ourselves, by holding on to self-attentiveness. So, so those self-surrender can begin before self-investigation, or, or those surrender, let's say, rather than self-surrender, because we begin by surrendering our will, that can begin even before we begin to investigate ourselves. But in order to make the surrender complete, we need to surrender ourselves. And we can surrender ourselves only by investigating ourselves. As Bhagavan has made clear in so many verses, for example, in verse 25, the verse just before verse 26 in Uludunapadu, he describes ego as Urupatra Payahande, the formless phantom ego. The word pay means a, a, a phantom in the sense of a, an evil spirit. So ego is an evil spirit. It has no form of its own. It's also because it's a, it's a, it's a phantom. It's, it's got no substance of its own. It borrows its substance from Satchit. It borrows its form from the body. But it is neither this nor that. So how does this formless phantom that actually has no real existence, how does it seemingly come into existence? That's what he explains in that verse. He says, uh, Urupatri undam, grasping form, it comes into existence. Urupatri nikkum, grasping form, it flourishes. Since it is formless, grasping form means grasping anything other than itself. So grasping form, it comes into existence. Grasping form, it flourishes. It, it, sorry, grasping form, it stands, it endures. Urupatri undu ongum, Grasping and feeding on forms, it flourishes abundantly. Uruvitu urupatram. Leaving form, it grasps form. It leaves one form, it grasps another form. Tedinal otum pidicum. If sought or if investigated, it takes flight. What does that mean? That means if ego investigates itself, it will take flight. Take flight means it will run away. That's just a metaphorical way of saying it will subside and dissolve back into the source from which it arose. So this is the path of surrender. Investigating ego, investigating ourselves, investigating who am I, alone is the means to surrender ourselves completely. Surrender begins with giving up our likes and dislikes, 
example, it culminates in self-investigation because only by when ego turns its attention away from all other things back towards itself will it subside and dissolve back into its source. That alone is self-surrender. So this is possible, but it requires persistent practice of this uh, simple practice of self-investigation that Bhagavan uh, taught us. And then the other, in the middle uh, sentence in this um, uh, in this uh, question, it, it said, however, the more one surrenders, the more difficult it appears to be uh, to take this final leap. Yes, the more we surrender ourselves, the more we understand what surrender actually entails. It means giving up everything. People who have a superficial understanding of surrender they think, oh, I've surrendered to Bhagavan, I've said to Bhagavan, I surrender, I leave everything to Bhagavan. It's, that's merely verbal surrender or mental surrender. That's not the real surrender. Real surrender means giving up everything. We need to give ourselves wholly to him. Give up not only all our likes and dislikes and so on. That's, of course, a necessary prerequisite. But most important of all, we need to surrender ourselves. We need to surrender this false entity that has risen as I am so-and-so, I am this body. So surrender, the, the more, deeper we go in the path of surrender, the more we recognize what a tremendous thing it is to surrender ourselves. The more we recognize how much, how all-consuming our love must be in order for us to, to give ourselves wholly to him. If we truly love Bhagavan, we will surrender ourselves completely to him. As he says, as he implies in that verse 2 of Arunachapatikam, we need to have so much love for him, that we need to melt with love for him, but uh, then only we are really ready to surrender ourselves. So it, this requires all-consuming love. That all-consuming love, Bhagavan will give us that, but we need to play our part. Our part is trying more and more to hold on to self-attentiveness. Because when we're holding on to self-attentiveness, what are we holding on to? We're holding on to that fundamental awareness I am. And that is Bhagavan. That is Bhagavan's real nature. So that is what is required. Uh, to, that is the, so this path that Bhagavan has taught us, this is the true, the true path of bhakti, the ultimate path of bhakti. That is, bhakti culminates, or bhakti matures into surrender. Surrender matures into self-investigation. So the culmination of the path of bhakti is the path of surrender. The culmination of the path of surrender is the path of atma-vichara. And the culmination of the atma path of atma-vichara is the complete surrender of ego, the dissolution of ego. Arunachalamena ahameinine pava ahatevairarupai arunachala. By meditating on him with love in our heart, Recognizing that he is that which is shining in our heart as I, if we meditate on him thus, he will eradicate ego, he will root out ego, as Bhagavan says briefly in that first verse of Arunachakshanamalai. So this is what, surrender is what Bhagavan's teachings are all about. It's what, what Arunachastutipanchikam is all about. It's what Upadeshundiya is all about. Uh, Upadeshundiya ends by saying, what is real tapas? The state in which we don't rise as I, that is real tapas. It's what Uludunapadu is all about. Uludunapadu ends by saying, annihilation of ego alone is liberation. 
So Bhagavan's part, Bhagavan's teachings are all about complete surrender. Likewise, Nana, Bhagavan ends Nana by saying, if oneself rises, everything rises. If oneself subsides, everything subsides. To the extent to which we behave subsidingly, in other words, to the extent we're sinking low, to the extent to which we behave sinking low, in other words, being humble, subsiding back into the source, to that extent it is good. And then he says, if one can live curbing the mind, that means curbing the rising of ego, uh, one can live anywhere, wherever one may be, one may be. Uh, that means uh, curbing the uh, mind means curbing the rising of ego. And we can curb the rise of ego only by being vigilantly self-attentive. So this is what Bhagavan's teachings are all about. It's about this uh, patient and persistent practice of self-attentiveness. No matter how many times our attention may go out towards other things, we need to bring it back and fix it in ourselves. Uh, this is the only means by which we can surrender ourselves completely to Him. Anma chintane tabira, accept self-attentiveness. Vera chintane kalamba do satum idim kadama, not giving even the slightest room to rising of any other thought. Tanne abmanishta paranai irupte, keeping what be be. May, uh, being as one who is firmly fixed as oneself. That is giving ourselves to God. So this is the path we have to follow. Oh, and in the previous sentence, what did he say in the previous sentence? The last sentence of the previous verse, of the previous paragraph, the, eight, the twelfth paragraph, he says, Eninum, that is, in the twelfth paragraph here shows us just like the jaws in the, the just like the prey in the jaws of a tiger can never escape, once we've been caught in the glance of his grace, that means once he's drawn us to him, attracted us to his path, we will surely be saved and never forsaken by him. He gives us a great assurance there. But then he adds an important caveat. Aininum Guru Katya Varipadi Guru Katya Varipadi Tavaradu Nadikavendam. It is necessary to uh, walk or behave un or to follow unfailingly. Nevertheless, it's necessary to um, uh, to follow unfailingly in accordance with the path that the Guru has shown. And what is the path that he has shown? The path of self-investigation and self-surrender. Om Namo Bhagavate Sri Arunachala Ramanaya.